1: Welcome, Bucknutters, to a very special show—the Bucknuts Morning Five NFL Draft Special. Our first for this draft cycle, and who better to do it with than the Athletics Dane Brugler, the goat of NFL Draft preview specialists. Dane, how goes it? It's
0: going well, it's just—it's great to have college football back. It's the last weekend—you uh, know, Thursday through Monday was awesome, uh, nonstop. And you know it's it 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 was you know last year at this time we didn't have Big Ten football so it's just you know learn to appreciate college football even more. Uh, ready to ready to get the season going with some big matchups this weekend.
1: Yeah, it was a tremendous weekend. Great scheduling by the powers Mm -hmm. that be, and it was just fun to have it back and the sound and the pomp and the circumstance. We are recording this on Thursday morning, so we'll get the NFL tonight. So we'll be awash. In football. But we're going to discuss the NFL draft as it pertains to the Buckeyes, always the goal of pretty much everyone who comes here. And Dane has, over the years, given us the best possible reviews. And we're going to go over the guys that he's broken down so far. That is Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jeremy Rucker, Nicholas Petit Frere, and Thayer Mumford on offense. Zach Harrison, Tyreek Smith, Haskell Garrett, and Seven Banks on defense. And then maybe we'll get Dane to offer up some thoughts on the Ducks coming to town. So, very interesting. I think both Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave thrived in their first game. Olave, more of the technician. I think Wilson, more of the physical prospect. Where do you have them ranked? How would you project them? And what do you make of Olave's decision to return?
0: Well, I was shocked uh, that Olave decided to return. You know, you don't usually guys that are being talked about as potential first-round picks they they jump at that opportunity, um, especially when you look at Ohio State's offense losing a Justin Fields. Uh, you know, there's a little bit of turnover on that offense, and you would think Olave would uh, would have made that move. But uh, you know, to his credit, he wanted to get better. Um, you know, he, he he still feels like there's work to do, uh, and you know, it's, if it's any indication uh, with the, in the opener, he's going to have a big year uh, regardless of who's throwing the passes. Uh, but yeah, I think you, you set it up fairly well. Olave, uh, more of the technician and that's more in it, with his routes. That's with his, even like down to the hand technique at the catch point, he, he's, he's very mechanical, uh, but also very smooth uh, w- with how he uh, attacks the football. So a very uh, swift strider, you know, he doesn't have that, necessarily like when you just watch him it doesn't look like he has track speed but yet he's running away from everybody he's creating separation uh he understands how to win at the line of scrimmage his releases he can win early and that's so important uh at any level of of football so uh he understands pacing very very well uh it's a it's a dance between him and the corner uh especially a man coverage and he is Uh, a master at creating that separation so sink at the top of routes uh velvet feet no gear down is needed in his route breaks which is so important uh works the sideline well just overall a smooth smooth athlete uh and you know when i I watched him i was like okay he's gonna be my top receiver then i watched garrett wilson i'm like "Uh, maybe wilson's my top and I, i go back and forth back and forth and i think it just comes down to which type of receiver you want olave being more of, uh, you know, the speed guy, the technician, the route runner, Garrett Wilson, he's got some of the best body control I've seen from a receiver the last few years. Uh, Really, really uh, just an impressive job using that body control within his routes, uh, making natural adjustments on the football. Uh, I think he has natural ball skills. Uh, I wish he'd clean up some of the drops Uh, You know, the tapes that I I watched six tapes last year, and I think he had four drops total. And so it's not like a glaring issue, but it's something that he can get better at. Um, Not the biggest guy, but he's going to run well, probably run in the mid four fours, Um, you know, a good route runner. Uh, There's just a lot to like about his movements and his body control. So I'm not going to fault anybody if they have Wilson, number one, Olave, number one. For me, entering the season, I've got Olave as a top receiver, and then I've got Wilson, uh, number two, just behind him.
1: Like you said, it can go either way. I think ultimately Wilson will get picked before Olave mm-hmm. just because he's almost the complete package. He really doesn't have a glaring weakness in terms of size and speed and strength, etc. Maybe better at taking the top off the defense ultimately, but like you said, goes either way you know Alave came back ostensibly to become a number 1 draft pick. Do you think he's going to get his way into the first round?
0: Well, in my initial uh, top 50 to start the year, uh I had Alave as my top receiver at number 12 overall. Now, is he going to go 12 overall? I it's hard to say. Um but when you, you know, you end up stacking the players in this draft, you know, it's it's I I don't think it's the strongest draft in talking about top 10 guys. Um you know, there's, there's a lot of guys to like, uh, you know, with uh, Kayvon Thibodeau at Oregon, who we'll talk about later, uh, Kyle Hamilton at Notre Dame, the safety, Derek Stingley, the corner from LSU, but it's not a strong quarterback group. Um, you know, there's a little bit of a drop-off. Uh, so, you know, Chris Olave, he's going to be right there in that, uh, that mid first round mix, uh, as long as he plays out the season, the way we think he will.
1: At the end of last season, both you and I I think had a little bit of a crush on Jeremy Ruckert. We talked about him a lot and then really kind of expected him to come out. He didn't. He's come back. Some people question that because tight end is not a prominent spot receptions wise in the Ohio state offense. Mm -hmm. That said, I would be very happy if my NFL team took Jeremy Ruckert.
0: Yeah. And because he doesn't have a ton of targets, people think, oh, he just doesn't play a ton, but I mean, pay attention to blocking, you know, they Ohio state runs a lot of 12 personnel. So they have two tight ends on the field and, you know, he's a a lot of inline, mostly on the wing, uh, a lot of wham blocks, a lot of where he's asked to be the lead blocker. And he's got that physical appetite as a blocker that you want to see, you know, really aggressive, does not mind doing the dirty work. Um, Has a pretty flexible body type. So it's not just power. Uh, He's able to adjust on the move, uh, you know, break down and execute uh, his blocks. And then as a receiver, uh, you know, he has shown that when he's targeted, he's going to be reliable. Uh, He can make the, the one handed grab like we saw last year. Uh, in the playoffs. I mean, he can be a dependable pass catcher because he has strong hands. Not the most, uh, you know, he's not the most proven in terms of after the catch, you know, big plays, but, you know, that's, he's not Kyle Pitts, but that's not, you know, what teams are going to, you know, they're not going to expect him to be Kyle Pitts. He's just a really well rounded, uh, dependable tight end. And I think he's, he's neck and neck. And talking to scouts around the league, they kind of agree with this. Kind of neck and neck with Charlie Kohler from Iowa State to be the top senior tight end drafted this year, somewhere on day two. So uh, I thought, you know, Rucker looked good in the opener and uh, hopefully his target share just continues to increase as the season goes on.
1: Yeah. If you're going to put him in the Nick Vanette, Jeff Hiraman, Ohio State tight end mold, I think he's the best of that crew and has probably the most athletic upside. So. Thayer Mumford, really an interesting prospect. I think offensive line at Ohio State is really an interesting situation right now. Thayer Mumford, if you looked at most of the general pundits, he was one of the top returning left tackles in college football, which is the glamour spot, especially in terms of getting paid. Left tackle for Ohio State right now is Nicholas petit Frere. They kicked Thayer Mumford inside to guard. DeWan Jones started at right tackle. He is a large human, and I will venture – a prediction that the best left tackle on the roster is starting at right guard right now in Paris Johnson. By the way, Ohio State showed up in Minnesota and had to play their second string center in Luke Whippler and he did quite well. Harry Miller was out. We'll see how that progresses. Let's talk about Thayer Mumford, though. When asked about Nicholas petit Frere recently, Ryan Day jumped right to Thayer Mumford and talked about how this would improve his draft stock. Your thoughts on Mumford? and how this move will affect them where you eventually expect him to play in the pros.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, first off, just the ability to show you can play multiple positions is, is key. Uh, you know, teams want that versatility. So, um, you know, with Munford, uh, you've got a guy who at left tackle, I mean, he has a lot of what you're looking for at left tackle because he has really long arms and scouts this spring measured him at 35 and a half uh, inch arms, which is tremendous over 10 inch hands, Uh, You know, for a guy that's 6'6", just under 330, that's that's the frame you're looking for. Um, And, you know, talking to scouts this spring, this summer, most had him somewhere between the third and fifth rounds. Um, But now this move to guard, I think he's going to put himself in the top 100 conversation to be squarely on day two. Uh, And, you know, it's really uncommon to see a guy that a multi-year starter, he had almost 2,500 snaps at left tackle at Ohio State. He decides not only to come back for a senior year, but to come back for his extra year. He's this, this super senior. Uh, so he's got that extra year of eligibility. And not only does he come back, but he changes positions, going to left guard in order for the team to get the best five on the field. And he looked outstanding uh, against Minnesota. He looked really comfortable, both in pass pro, as a run blocker. Uh, you know, he's got that trademark physical hands that we saw at tackle. We saw that at guard. And he did a really nice job keeping his weight centered, uh, going up against more powerful defensive linemen. And a lot of times when we see tackles move inside the guard, uh, there's, a, and there's an adjustment because everything happens so, much, so quick. Uh, you know, at tackle, you need a little patience. Uh, the pass rushers looking to set up moves and attack you in different ways. On the interior, those defensive tackles, they're just ram, ram, ram. They're going at you. And I, I thought Munford really uh, acquitted himself very well uh, for his first start uh, there inside as a guard. So I think regardless of position, he's putting himself in that, in that day two conversation. And, you know, the versatility that he shows is pretty impressive. So long term, I, I think guard is going to be his best spot. But if you're a team that uh, has if an NFL team and you have, you're looking for more tackle depth, uh, maybe Munford can kick out the tackle in a pinch. So uh, having that versatility, that proven uh, experience at both positions, that, that's a big deal come draft time.
1: That said, I'm fairly confident when the draft rolls around, he will be the second Ohio State offensive lineman off the board. I reached out to you to let you know how high I am on Nicholas petit Frere. He was since moved to left tackle as we spoke, and he uh, started there over the weekend, obviously started at right tackle before this. He was a tremendously high-rated recruit, and it took him some time to kind of grow into his body. I think the upside is tremendous. He's just a sharp cat. Am I too high on Nicholas petit Frere?
0: No, I, I can definitely understand the, the excitement with him. Um, you know, another guy, who's big, long, uh, six, five and a half, 304 pounds, uh, 34 inch arms, 10 and three quarter inch hands. Uh, and, you know, he, he came in my top 50 board at number 27 overall, uh, which, you know, a, a little bit of that is projection uh, based off of what we saw last year. Uh, but when you watch him, he's so twitchy. Uh, for a big man. He he, he's very spry as an athlete. He has the the efficient lateral movements where he can mirror in space. Um, I I just want to see him play under control a little bit more. Uh, It's something that he needs to get better at. And it it is something that most young players struggle with. Um, He has the ability. It's just playing under control. Um, And then the second thing, and this is a a main thing is protecting his chest Uh, when rushers are able to attack his chest they can get him in reverse and get him moving backwards. And he has a tough time resetting, sinking. Um, And and so it's something that he needs to get better at. Something that I saw on the 2020 tape. And then as I reviewed the Minnesota tape, something that uh, showed up as well. So if he can get better in those two areas, uh, Petit Ferrer is going to be a first round guy. Uh, He has the ability and and that shows up not only in pass pro, but also in the run game, he's able to move bodies. You see that athleticism at the point of attack. So yeah, he, I I think I'm, you know, we're in total agreement there with our optimism about Petit Ferrer and what he can be at the next level. Uh, And the fact that uh, even though Munford has, has been really good and should be, it could be a surprise day two draft pick uh patif Rare could absolutely go in the first round.
1: Yeah, the NFL feels to me like it's much more mold-centric, and he just fits the left tackle mold a lot better. So mm-hmm. I just think there'll be more interested parties. And he's an ascending prospect. I mean we're talking about a guy yep. who's be one start at left tackle, So let's give him a chance to kind of grow into the position, and like I said, make a note to yourself on the right guard and watch him at his tape. It looks like uh, the blindside movie. We're going to take a quick break, come back and talk some defense. All right, we are back. He was among the most ballyhooed prospects to come here at a position that is quite ballyhooed, and that is Zach Harrison, defensive end. To say he's been a disappointment prior to this year, I think would be a fair statement just based on the hubbub and the fact that he's in a lineage that includes, you know, some of the best players at that position on the earth. I saw a ranking of the top players in the NFL, and three of the top 15 players played defensive end at Ohio State. So, that's three of the top 15 players playing football on the earth played that position. He did make an impression in the first game though I'm not sure his the pressure was consistent, but he made the biggest defensive play of the game. Your thoughts on Zach Harrison?
0: Zach Harrison is just a rare, rare dude. 66, um, 265. Uh, he, he's got 35 and three quarter inch arms, so almost 36 inch arms, which is crazy for a defensive end, and he's going to run in the four fives. I mean, just you you don't see guys like this walking the earth very often. Um, He is a very, very impressive uh, traits athlete, very toolsy. Um, And now he just needs to get better with the the details of the position. Um, And so, but, you know, we saw a guy like Jason Owe uh, from Penn State uh, be a first round pick, a late first round pick last year who uh, was very toolsy. Greg Rousseau, same thing, out of Miami, a late first round pick last year. Uh, Guys that are toolsy and have the traits but are still learning how to play the position. Zach Harrison, it's a very similar conversation. He's different, just, you know, different strengths, but, you know, freaky uh, with some of the things that he can do that are just different than everybody else. Super long, you love the frame, you love the movement skills. He's explosive through his hips. He has lateral quickness. Uh, he just needs to be better uh, with his natural flow as a pass rusher, anticipating trap blocks, uh, using leverage as part of his attack. Uh, just basically un- improving his overall feel for the for the uh, for the game and for that specific position. How to break down the rhythm of blockers. So uh, Zach Harrison is a premier talent, and because of that, he's got a very good chance to go in the first round. It's just. How he develops this year, how he gets better. I mean, he's got the best defensive line coach in the country coaching him up. Um, and, and so, if it's any indication, I'm you know with the with the opener uh, against Minnesota, like you said, it wasn't consistent. But if you're able to make splash plays, you know that impacts the the scoreboard. And he was able to do that with that that strip sack that, uh, you know, uh, Haskell Garrett was able to scoop and score, but uh, it, he is a really impressive specimen who uh, NFL scouts, uh, they're, they're gushing about If he could show a little bit more development, uh, he, he's going to go earlier in the first round.
1: I think you bring up a really good point there because if you look at the NFL, there are defensive ends that get their butts kicked for about 60% of the game, but they make three or four plays to make, to Seven. get pressure. And that's so valuable that you'll, you'll give away that other 60%. All right. How about Tyreek Smith? This guy, very interesting cat, because I could put together a highlight tape of Tyreek Smith that would make him look like the second coming. The problem would be all the other plays that didn't get on the tape.
0: Yeah, he's a quality player. He's 6'4", 255, just over 33-inch arms. Uh, You'll probably expect him to run... In the 4.7s, low 4.7s, which is a a pretty good time for him. Uh, And he's just hes physically strapped together. He looks like, you know, looks the part. Uh, I think he holds his own at the point of attack. He can set a hard edge in the run game. He's got really physical hands. So that helps him detach, crash down, make plays. Um, Not a guy you want dropping in space. It has a little bit of tightness. Um, and just needs to, you know, he's a hard charger, kind of like, you know, Jonathan Cooper was last year, but needs to add a little more finesse, a little more, uh, you know, sequencing to his pass rush, uh, just to, you know, do a better job of keeping blockers on their toes. So they don't know what's coming. Uh, but Tyreek Smith, you know, it's a, it's a really deep senior class of pass rushers and he's right there kind of in that, you know, if you're going to list the top 10 pass rushers in the senior class he's in there somewhere. It's just, it's, you're going to, it's going to be a different order depending on the teams that you talk to, the scouts that you talk to. It's just a loaded group when you go top to bottom, the senior group uh, of uh, defensive ends, but he's in there. He's in that conversation.
1: It's just, which guy are you getting? Are you getting the guy who made Trevor Lawrence's life a nightmare in his last ever start or the guy that, you know, you go games at a time and you don't hear his name called? So we will see. One guy whose name is always called among all the players that we've had at Ohio State, he really has one of those right place, right time gifts, and that is defensive tackle Haskell Garrett.
0: Yeah, I just saw it in the Minnesota game with that scoop and score. Uh, I think it was, what, second? by the way,
1: a great scoop. I mean, that was oh, so yeah.
0: fluid. Oh, it really was. I mean, that, bad athletes don't make that play. True. Uh and you know it's why they his second defensive touchdown in his career I had one last True. year yep uh so yeah he just he's got good foot quickness physical hands he can pull he can toss um you know I, it's going to be interesting this year uh without his partner in crime Tommy Togiai right next to him and you know I know they've Ohio State's got some guy you know with uh Antoine Jackson and uh, Vincent, some of those, they've got guys. Um, They're but, not eye though. Right, exactly. And so how will he acquit himself, uh, you know, it, kind of being the guy on that interior and another guy who was a little surprising. He came back only one year, of true starting experience, but he was an all American last year. And so no one would have blamed him if he uh, went pro, but you know, he decides to come back and, you know, just wants to expand that body of work. So eager to see if he can do that. I think right now he's viewed as a mid round pick, but we'll see if he can change uh, change that narrative this season.
1: I'm not sure anybody that we've talked about has gotten as much praise for doing as little as seven banks. I'm not saying he's played poorly, but I kind of feel like he gets thrown into the mix because of the lineage of the position and what yeah. Ohio state has produced there rather than his on field production. Am I right? Am I wrong? What's your
0: vibe on seven banks? You're, you're absolutely right. Um, I, I don't know where, uh, this first round, second round talk is coming from. Cause it's, it's not on the tape. Um, you know, he'd had a very up and down last year and I was told there might be a knee injury in there. That's a contributing factor, um, you know, with the up and down tape. Uh, But regardless, you know, he's, he's going to need a big uh 2021 season. If he wants to be drafted in the first two days of the draft Uh right now, if the draft were tomorrow, he's he'd be a day three pick. Um, And I know that goes against a lot of the mock drafts out there, but that's just, that's, I get my information straight from teams that that's, what they tell me. And honestly, that's what the tape tells me as well. I think he's, he's a really good size athlete. Um, You know, when you look at him, he, he passes the eye test and you know, you want big corners at the next level. He's six, one, right around 200 pounds. Uh, And I think he's a, is a solid open field tackler. My biggest issues with him uh, he just he plays too reactive. You know, where's the the play anticipation? Uh, you, You know, as a corner, you have to be able to read routes and stay ahead of things. And he just doesn't do that consistently. I think he has good speed for the position, but it's not great speed. And so if he makes a false step or he's not playing ahead of things, he just doesn't have enough closing burst to make up that play you know, that's something we saw from you know the Acudas of the world and you know they if they had a misstep they could uh you know make up that lost ground where seven banks hasn't been able to do that so uh you know looking at his tape last year you know throw on the alabama tape and you know again I, there might be an injury factor here that you know we need to take into account but uh he needs to have a strong 2021 season if he wants to be drafted in the first three rounds
1: didn't play against minnesota Has a knee injury, so we will follow that one. Huge game this weekend. Oregon comes calling. NFL draft scouts will be all over the place. If you're in the press box, that backer will be filled with guys eating free food. Give us some matchups to watch that we should really be dialed in on. Obviously, Kayvon Thibodeau versus Nicholas petit frere will be the marquee matchup. However, Thibodeau, nursing an injury. Give us a few and maybe start with that one.
0: If Thibodeau plays, that's the must-see matchup of the weekend, uh, any game. I mean, that, that is what you w- want to watch. And even if uh, Thibodeau's, say, he's 75% uh, healthy, that's still honestly probably the equivalent to an average NFL starter. That's how good Thibodeau is. Uh, he, he's very much on that Jadavion Clowney uh, trajectory as a player. Um, he has the, the makings of a number one overall pick. Um, he's, he's got rare gifts, six65 250 uh, his movements, his power, his speed, um, you know, he has the advantage over Petit Ferrer. I mean, really, this is going to be a measuring stick game for Petit Ferrer just to see where he is. Uh, Thibodeau has the advantage, but can Petit Ferrer hold his own? Uh, you know, can he make the adjustments? Can, you know, it doesn't have to look pretty all the time, every single rep but can he at least hold his own against a guy that has a good chance of being the number one overall pick in next April's draft? So that absolutely is something that we'll be keeping a close eye on. Um, Oregon's front seven as a whole, really, really impressive. Uh, Most people remember uh, Sewell from last year, uh, the offensive tackle went to the the Lions in the top 10. His younger brother, Noah Sewell, is a stud at linebacker. He's the size of a defensive end. But he, he plays really well in space. He's going to be a guy that uh, the offense knows where he is on every single play because he can be a game wrecker. That's going to be something to watch. And then they've got a really good corner in Mikhail Wright, uh, who uh, you know had a nice week uh, in week one. And with Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and you know, like we talked about before, the the long list of receivers Ohio State has, uh, you know, Wright's going to have his hands full. And this will be a good matchup to watch. That I think every scout when they put on the tape. They're going to want to know, okay, how he fare against Ohio State, and the uh, you know flip uh, the flip side I, when you watch Alave and Wilson, how they fare against uh, Oregon and and a guy like Wright uh, McKinley at safety is a pretty good player. They'll need uh, him for Oregon to step up against the Ohio State's rushing attack. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, who's going to be uh, get the the bulk of the carries uh, for Ohio State. Is it you know Henderson looked ridiculous uh, for his first ever game at the college level. Uh, Demario McCall, you know, he's he's a guy that's been around. He's you know probably got the trust of the coaches. And then you know what what Williams did, uh, you know, with uh, it, with his first you know real action. Uh, so it's it's going to be really interesting that Ohio State. Uh, that backfield and to see how they parse out the carries and the touches. And then, you know, uh, Oregon's got their hands full trying to slow that down.
1: Are you willing to make a pick here? Ohio State giving 14 and a half.
0: Um, I'm going to say that, uh, Ohio state wins, but I'll say they win by 13 points. So I'll say Oregon covers. I, th- I think even though the game was close last week against Fresno state, it, it, let me, let me say that this, this is assuming Thibodeau plays. I, I'm told Thibodeau going to play, but you know what, with, with ankle injuries, you never know. So it could, you know, sw- uh, swell up and, uh, later in the week and he's it, too stiff to play all, you know, so you just don't know. So assuming Thibodeau plays, Uh, That's that. That'll be my prediction. They win by 13. Um, I I think that even though it was close last week against Fresno state, I I think there's a lot that Oregon just didn't show, you know, they they wanted to keep a lot in the playbook for Ohio state, Um, you know, just not, not give the Ohio state defense things to look at for the offense. And uh, so, you know, I I think they will be better against the Buckeyes, but that's tough, tough fast for a West coast team to go to Columbus, a noon kick, um, so it, it'll be an interesting game hopefully uh, just as a, as a football fan I hope Thibodeau plays uh, but I know that a lot of Buckeye fans are not in agreement with me on that one. The
1: term earth was used several times on this show I honestly believe this. Dane Brewer best on the earth at what he does I don't usually pimp other companies but he is worth a subscription to The Athletic on his own. Dane I cannot express to you how appreciative we are of the time you gave. Hope you have a great weekend enjoying the games
0: yeah, no, too kind. Thanks, Dan. You too.
1: Okay, picture this.